talk about something that I really, really enjoy, Australian history. And so we're going to talk really developing the Australian disability rights movement and its legacy and impact today and how we could continue to advance this movement in the future of our country. And so in 1908, the Australian government introduced the invalid pension, which increased the independence of people with disabilities, as well as provide them with the acknowledgement of something, of, to some extent, their membership in society. However, after the First World War, many soldiers returned with disabilities and the government-funded rehabilitation programs, and with the increased number of people with disabilities, they all couldn't be institutionalised, and this changed actually as a step better understanding and recognition of disability as a condition and the consequences of the Second World War because of course we had to case those of you who didn't know or just those of you who skipped history class shame on you and so the con the, the consequence of the Second World War had an impact on people on with dis- on people with disabilities in a similar way that the First World War did. And this belief that came into existence, or at least was at least strengthened by the Second World War, was that people with disabilities had a right to lead decent lives, and so the Commonwealth Rehabilitation Service, or CRS, was established as a volunteer organisation as an organisation, along with several other volunteer organisations, to extend the services of people with disabilities, or at least extended the services they offered to help people with disabilities. And then in the 1970s, people with disabilities, who had professional qualifications, and were working in the area of rehabilitation, began a shift in Aussie society of services from services provided to people with disabilities by people without disabilities okay. to people with disabilities who are interested in their, in their own treatment and by extension in their own their own lives or at least this helped them gained a greater participation in the movement than before. And then, up until the late 1970s, the views of people with disabilities were mainly provided through the voice of disability services provider, providers and professionals working, who were professionals working in the areas of disability and family members. And this was also occurring at the international level also. And at the time, the key international disability organisation, Rehabilitation International, had a policy that while people with disabilities could attend this periodic international conference as as observers, they were not allowed to be permitted the right to speak. People with disabilities strongly protested against this policy of the 19th International Conference on 
Rehabilitation International held in Winnipeg, Canada, where a decision was made to establish a new international organization often for people with disabilities. The organization was founded through the Disabled Person People's International, which is now which now has members in over one hundred and sixty countries throughout the world. And then not and then we get to nineteen eighty one. This was really a turning point in the in the disability rights movement, both internationally and in Australia. Because the disabled people's international held first world assembly in Singapore in the context of the international year disabled people which has, which had been declared by the United Nations during the year people with disabilities began to think of this as more as a public issue rather than a private problem. The concept of systematic oppression also emerged as a motive or a reason for the development of a social movement in Australia and overseas. Of individuals and groups did advocate for the rights of people with disabilities before the International Year of Disabled People. This action was mostly based on the diagnostic group or the medical model, as it's also called, of the specific issue. And then in 1981, disability became more than a diagnosis, but it was something to be dealt with by to be dealt with by medical professionals. People with disabilities discover the social nature of their condition, can unite claiming self-determination and self-representation to overcome their social social stigma and oppression as a collective group. And then in 1986, disability rights advocacy recognised as a was recognised as a program area to be funded under the Disability Services Act of 1986, which was also the exact year that the Australia Act was passed, which cut off our legislative ties to Great Britain, and since then, disability activism and advocacy has begun to sustain focus on several important concerns of disability self-determination and a general, and a general move on the, away from the, from the institutional type services more community-based services and relocation of people with physical disabilities from hospitals and nursing homes into community housing. There is now enlightened mental health legislation in various states and the establishment of public goods and guardianship in most states. The Disability Services Act and Disability such as the Disability Services Act of 1986 or the DSA, the Disability Discrimination Act of 1992 or the DDA. And in 2008, the Australian Government adopted and ratified the, the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And this is currently the most recent major advancement of the Australian Disability Rights Movement in the lives of people with disabilities. And so the, the, 
person with disability rights has a sense of knowledge and understanding of the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability, which is central to the work, to its work during the CRPD development, the PWDA participate in several of the UN of the UN committee's meetings and undertook two consultative processes with the pe- with people with disabilities throughout Australia and then the PWDA made over thirty two international interventions to the UN committee in the last meeting where the draft was agreed and then the final text of the CRPD and many aspects reflects the the various meetings between the different parties who who are helping to promote advocacy for people with disabilities throughout Australia and so I hope you all liked this episode well I looked at the history and recent developments of the Australian Disability Rights Movement. Before I go, I have things to say. Well, first of all, the this movement is still not over, and I still feel like that we, as a community, have a long way to go in terms of the fight for people with disabilities and our rights, not only in Australia, but throughout the world. What I hope from the two episodes I have, made about Australia which is my home and I really do really do enjoy it as a country is that one day I hope that the people with disabilities in Australia could get a better quality of life similar to how similar to the quality of life as people with disabilities here in Switzerland now what I would like also is for one day there to be a Prime Minister who can recognise this goal and recognise that this is an issue which I feel that none of Australia's Prime Ministers have done yet and I would also like to hopefully see a better public transportation system in Australia because not everyone can drive and also for there to be more more jobs available, more more desegregated jobs as well, and for a better healthcare system as well. And I, I say, well, Scott Morrison, I don't feel like that you've done that. And I'm pretty sure many many people in Australia have also stated that. And I feel that our next prime minister should be someone who can realize that these this is an issue, and that hopefully will work together with the Australian people both in Australia and abroad to help solve this issue and hope to well and truly make Australia the inclusive and integrate country it should be. Thank you for listening. We have a good day.